Hey there, thanks for tuning in. If you're a return listener, consider signing up for our Patreon. For just $4 a month, you can listen to extra episodes, participate in Patreon-only polls, and see a couple other little things that we might impulsively upload here and there. Thanks again for listening. On to the show. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. But it, yeah. I, I don't, I've never, I, you, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, that really oh, hey. kind of grosses me out. That was so organic. Thank you. Hi, I'm Molly. And yes, I was homeschooled. And no, my dad wasn't the principal. Why does everyone always ask that? Hi, I'm Katie, and school might be out forever, but you never stop learning. Ew, Katie, <laughs> oh, that's not on brand for you or your school person. I'm trying to be positive. Whatsoever. If I was in the same room with you, I would wrap your knuckles. <laughs> um, so yeah, so is uh, the part two of our Womb to Tomb season five series. Uh, Katie and I in this episode are going to be talking about uh, the the major developmental phase that traumatizes us all going to school. Oh, yeah. It's required by law. It I do it for ninth and 10th grade. I have no proof that I attended, attended school. Um, and then when I actually did have to go to college, it was uh, by like going to community college for high school. And then my mom um, called my, uh, like, talked to the admittance people, and when I say talk, she just yelled at them until mm. they let me in, which was the most important lesson learned in my whole school Yell. Experience. Yell. Yelling is what gets you places. It gets, uh, 100%. By Karen. I'm from a proud, long line of Karens. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there is so much, I'm so excited for this episode because there's so much that I feel like I missed and I've always been jealous of. And I love hearing, uh, I love talking to people about their school experiences because I'm always like, oh, lockers, Letterman, oh, going to detention, prom. I mean, we had a homeschool prom, but with a homeschool prom, like everybody's parents are there and there are a lot of weird rules about how close you can be. It's not like the freaky drug-soaked orgy that I am mm. that you probably attended and helped orchestrate. So <laughs> that's I'm really excited to know about. And it's also just like, there's so much better, like public schoolers, you have so much better gossip and drama. Like oh, yeah. homeschool, it's very rigid and very, uh, there's just a very limited amount of things that you can get up to. And even if you are sort of more like curious or experimental, like you don't know anyone else like that. Mm, and, true. Anna, and she's riding a horse and she's reading the <laughs> Bible and she isn't like, I felt like my homeschool friends thought my parents were a bad influence on me. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. It world. Um, so Katie, my first question that everyone, uh, everyone who went to public school or private school, I guess, had like a big school scandal. So like what for you was like the epitome of school scandals? Epitome of school scandals was we were in ninth grade. So freshman year of high school, I had just gotten into ninth grade. And there was this one very pretty girl. Um, I believe her first name was Chelsea. I think that's okay to say. That was a very common name 
in New Jersey in that year, Chelsea. Right. And she had sent, this is when cell phones were new-ish to like everyone had them. She sent a nude photograph of herself to her then boyfriend. And when I tell you, I am not kidding, everyone in the entire school, like 650 people had seen it by the end of the day. By the and end of the by day. By the end of the day. Because I remember I, I saw it from on someone else's phone. Not everyone was forwarding it. And then the principal called that kid, her boyfriend who sent it in, and then threatened her, him with chi- alleged child porn exchange. Um, and I don't know what ended up from that. But I remember thinking she handled it so well. Like I would see her in the hall or I would see her in the, in the lunchroom and she really just like held her head high. But that was a big, that was a big uh, week long scandal that I remember to this day. My first question is who did her boyfriend send it to, forward it to initially? I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but he was like a football like idiot so maybe his football idiots and then you know before you know it nerds like you know my friends got it that is just i assume they broke up i think they broke up and then she was later prom queen so you know what she was doing great she ruled the school she i think she maybe ruled the school i don't really remember her but i remember being like oh she handled that better than you'd think yeah Wow. I have heard of, uh, that's interesting that that would have happened, I guess, in like 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. This shirt, by the way, is from Old Navy circa then. I'm wearing it in honor of... Uh, it says bear aware. It's a very Old Safety Navy comes shirt. <laughs> One day it's going to be worth a lot of money. Yes. Um, Old Navy is what I feel like a lot of people were wearing. Oh, Old Navy was absolutely the vibe. But I don't know. I think I was wearing like wet seal and like all those other sort of like gross, trashy. Claire's icing. Oh, Claire's. Oh, my God. Can I just tell you about my favorite outfit I had in ninth grade? Oh, yeah. I had baby blue. I'll never forget it. I had baby blue um, capris. And I would wear like these Steve Madden white mm. wedges, like obviously like thick sh- platforms. And then I had a tank top that was um, clouds that then went to this ombre blue. So it looked like it was one suit sort of Aww. like with the blue. And I loved it. And my hair was really long and I was really tiny. It was very cute. And you look like a fluffy little cloud floating. Yeah, I think I just looked like a little cloud floating throughout. I remember one day, approximately that age, I wore a plaid felt bucket hat, <laughs> a velvet turtleneck with a little cross necklace, like popping out of the turtleneck. Uh-huh. And I've had the thought, I've had the intrusive thought once a week since then that I should find whoever saw me in that outfit and kill them. Because I just don't <laughs> like that I existed. Um, at that age. I don't, but you know, that's That's too, it's, uh, as my cousin once told me, and she's very Italian, she said it's too many materials in one outfit. Yes, yes. And I could have done with a You needed an Angela to yell at you. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, so, uh, every, okay, so all of the school scandals that I've heard of over the years, I've noticed this interesting through line. We're starting out somewhere really stupid um, in Let's our go. discussion of schools. It's going to get more uh, highbrow as we go on, but I, I wanted to start with a phenomenon that I've noticed that I feel like every public school has a story about a vagrant pooper. Oh, God. Did you ever have someone who was like sneaking around your school? Ooh. Yeah, so there was. <laughs> I knew so it. actually, the second, so by the way, I haven't thought about high school in 75 years. And then right. as I had to start thinking about this, it really started hurting me right. and my brain. Yeah. And I was, by the way, I had a fine time in high school. It was yeah, not bullied. in advance for everything we're going to dredge. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for everyone. And I had a good time. So if I feel like this, I apologize. Um, yeah, I remember the boys' bathroom had to be evacuated a few times. Like, or sorry, boys' locker room for a vagrant pooper. Yeah, so every school has one. Uh, I've heard of why. A, I've heard of a lot that are actually a lot more egregious, where it's not even in the bathroom. It's like oh, well, that's repeatedly better. found in other places. Um, La Not So Confidential has a great episode about. Um, people who poop in strange places and why that is huh? um but i man they really cover it all they cover every single aspect of life Amazing. um yeah uh so i found a new york post article from 2018 mm -hmm. um that talked about how for weeks employees at a Holmdel, new jersey high school had been finding feces near or on the high school football field and track on a daily basis. The police set up a camera spy operation only to discover that the culprit was none other than the superintendent. No! Yes. Or as the New York Post said, they're very clever, a uh, pooperintendent. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody write in with your, yeah, no podcast at gmail.com. Write in with your school um, poop. poop story. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he was uh, dismissed, I guess. Or yeah, they had to, I mean, I hope every day. Every day to the, the level of psychosis you have to have. <laughs> To go somewhere and poop outside every day. Mm, it's really it's deep. Uh, my hat's off to him. I assume yeah, me too. He had a problem. They showed his mugshot in the article, which I think is quite cruel. If he had that is cruel. Incredible. It's an embarrassing crime. Um. So, uh, another thing that I really need to talk to you about is mm. uh, corporal punishment still sure. going on in schools. So we didn't have that, but we weren't a private school. Is this a private school thing? No, it's a Southern thing. Oh, wow. I had sort of had like a vague notion of this because when I was 16, my uh, best friend moved to Texas. She and her sister, I was good friends with them both and their brother. Um, but uh, it was traumatic. I'm still mad about it. Um, but she moved to Texas and she started going to a public school there. And I've kept her letters to me from that time. It was a tiny, tiny school in a tiny little town in Texas. And uh, she told me about like being sent to the principal's office where you could be spanked. 
Oh, um, no. But she said that when it happened to her, she didn't actually, actually, she told me exactly what she said I wanted to say. Okay, yeah, she said, my male cl classmates got swats routinely. It was a large flat paddle, and you were sw swatted on the backish side of your thigh, not your butt. Also, she said that they didn't call it spanks, they called it swats. Um, you were assessed an amount uh, based off how bad you were. Like, I got three swats for being late all week type of stuff. Um, and she said that once she was sent to the principal's office for swats, uh, because she got in trouble three times in a row for accidentally letting her midriff show, she adds, I have a long torso, sue me. <laughs> uh, the principal called her into his office and said, Marilyn, stop causing trouble. And that was it. Wow. I'm going to tell you something. You can't get away with that shit on the East Coast. If someone's going to swat my kid, I'm going to knock them the living hell out. And that would have been my mother's exact words. So something else that she mentioned is that you could pick uh, between ISS, which was... In-school suspension. I know yeah. all about that. Um, oh, were you ever suspended? Oh my God, I'll tell you that story. Okay, so, um, so, in, so you could choose between SWATs or in-school suspension, which is so dumb. Like that, okay, corporal punishment for high school, or, and I think just in general, is bad. Um, high schoolers also it just seems like couldn't that be like that seems like an easy segue into other inappropriate 100 so it's uh, disgusting on a lot of levels but it's also so ineffective if you're choosing between that and detention oh it's yeah. up to you and you're just gonna take your i guess i'll take it on the ass father <laughs> yeah like why are we <laughs> teaching children to say oh i'll just take I'll it, take it. good point no no not for me no. And I felt like, at least in our school, in school suspension, and, my, and mine is a short story in that I skipped a lot of class. I just didn't like going. My grades were really good. I, like, I was a brat who just didn't want to go. And so my, my punishment was every lunch period for three months, I had to go to ISS. So I was just not with my friends during lunch. I was just with an old Italian man who became one of my good friends. <laughs> Mr. Corrado, if you're out there, big fan. Such a nice guy, would like make me read stuff, would order us like Italian food for lunch, like really old. He best would friend. pull out a bottle of really old scotch from his Yeah, be like, let's talk about life. Yeah. I loved him. <laughs> yeah, but again, it doesn't really sound like a punishment. How did you have good grades if you didn't go to class? I, well, but the only time, so whatever projects or tests, I would always show up and I would always ace. And the only time my Ow. grades were down, well, it's not hard. School is not hard. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Which I hate to say. If, and I, I mean, there was definitely classes I was, I had harder times in than others and I would attend those, but I would skip creative writing, English, like the cl classes I knew I could do with my eyes closed, but math I stayed for, you know, other classes. Right. But the, sorry to say, the other ones, I was like, eh, I'll read this Stanley Kunitz poem tomorrow. <laughs> I'll read this Ray Bradbury book tomorrow. Yeah, honestly, that's what being homeschooled was. Right. Just, just like read books that you like, and then for other stuff, 
call somebody. I had an algebra class where I watched a videotape with an old man uh, Mm. explaining algebra. And then if I got stuck on my homework, I could call that very old man who was in the video. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can solve for X, so. Sure. And honey, you don't really need to. I do every day. How dare you? (laughs) Don't make assumptions about me. The other thing, but here, but okay. So I don't feel like I missed anything really scholastically. Um, But what I really did miss, Katie, and that Mm. I need you to fill me in on because I still don't know. Um, DARE, Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Yes. I've heard of it. I've heard of the like. What is Um, in there? So I can't remember the years. It wasn't your whole school career. It was like, I can't remember when we did it, but it was, it felt like very just middle school. And so we had the D.A.R.E. program and it was conducted by, I don't want to say his name, but it's a good name, but I'll make it up. It's Officer Buck. Okay. And he was like a cop in town, really nice guy, super friendly but he, you know, would give you examples and uh, issue. Oh God, now I'm remembering this one thing. Hold on, hold on, hold the fuck on. So he'd come in. I'm going to tell you two things that really have haunted most of us that went to his like dare thing. Okay. (laughs) One was that, yeah, whatever. And dare you just learn like that drugs are bad and they really demonize drug use like intensely. They say basically uh, the second you smoke one puff of marijuana, you, the next thing you're going to do is heroin. Like there was, re- I remember them like making the assumption that if I ever smoked, like I was then going to do heroin immediately. <laughs> so okay. I remember being very afraid. So they did a very good job of terrifying people, which I don't think is actually helpful. Um, so I'm going to tell you an alleged story, alleged, 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 even though I know it's true, okay. um, allegedly. We're a, a real podcast now. We have to be careful. So yeah. allegedly, Officer Buck would take boy, he was a photographer, and would have boys take their shirts off and play basketball and take their shirts off and hang out in the woods and take pictures of them allegedly. No. In fact, it happened to someone I personally know. Oh, I bet I can guess who. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's two people you can guess, but you, but I'll tell you after the show. Um, So, you know, according to both these people, nothing further than just photos happened. The kids themselves didn't think it was weird, but the second the person I know it happened to told their mother, their mother freaked out. And then, allegedly, he was removed from the program. Wow. Okay, so what your impression of him was that he was, like, a friendly, genial... Yeah, he was, like, truly the nicest guy, seemingly, which is oftentimes how it goes, I think. That's how they worm their way... And look, maybe they're innocent photos. (laughs) But I think... So, yeah, I think my dare experience is tainted even further by knowing that he was allegedly a creep allegedly wow that is that okay so that unfortunately does fit in with my understanding of the of what i've read about the dare program in preparation for this episode Mm -hmm. did you ever do a thing where you role played buying drugs 
<laughs> no, we didn't role play. Okay. Not that I remember. I read a thing that part of the program was that a cop would like come up to you during the day and you would do like a role play where they would pretend to offer to sell you drugs. Maybe that was like, you know, it's all over the country. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was a tactic used. So it was, D.A.R.E. was at its most uh, prevalent during the 1980s and uh, 1990s. Um, and at its peak, which I think, um, I think that it was still peaking when we, uh, when we would have been in high school, 75% uh, of schools offered it. 75%. Wow. So it was okay. invented by the LAPD and a chief, uh, by a police officer named Chief Daryl Gates. And he said that it was inspired because LA had this out of control high school drug problem. Um, Gates told the LA Times, we had buy programs in the schools where undercover officers would buy drugs from students. Uh, we kept buying more and more. It was appalling, depressing. I finally said, this is crazy. We've got to do something. So they came up with the- <laughs> He finally said, my officers have a drug problem. They can't stop buying from these kids. <laughs> Yeah. Um, these kids are such effective drug dealers. Yeah. Everyone's on drugs. Um, but uh, the, the, uh, the, so the, the philosophy behind D.A.R.E. from what I understand is that you build up kids' self-esteem and mm. by having self-esteem, they won't be peer pressured into drugs. Oh yeah. Peer pressure was a big talk. Like, there was a lot of videos we watched about not succumbing to peer pressure. So, okay, so the underlying assumption, I think it's easy to see, it, it, could, uh, it could easily be argued as flawed um, because it just so assumes that it's only peer pressure and it's right. only a lack <laughs> of self-esteem. It's not that anyone just wants to smoke pot because right. they want to feel anything or they want to stop feeling things because they're teens. Right. Like there, it, it just really seems to not really grasp most people's motivation um, for drug use. It seems very out of touch, which is supported by the fact that um, they've done a ton of, um, uh, they've done a ton of studies on D.A.R.E. And study after study after mm -hmm. study has said, this has no effect on teen no. drug use. None. None. There some adults who have self-reported and said, I didn't do drugs because of D.A.R.E., but I'm going to throw a guess out there and say those were the nerds who were nerds. not going to do drugs in the first place. Yeah, I think if you're going to try it, you're gonna, like, going to, like, it's something you're going to try. And also, I'm no LA not so confidential, but I think it's, like, been proven that when you demonize something, it's, like, it's, it's cooler. Like it, it, yeah. You're not, and it's not helpful. <laughs> You're not a forensic psychologist, but you are a very cool person. Until so you cool. know what motivates teens. I know what like teens them. want. And I, and for the record, I don't think teens should do drugs. No, I don't I want not. teens to do drugs. I didn't even like smoke drugs. weed. I didn't smoke weed till I was 17. I was an older, that's an older teen. Yeah, I didn't smoke weed till I was 19. See? I mean, I wasn't that cool. I didn't even have a no. drink till I was like 17 also. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think first time I was like really drunk. I was probably like, 
I don't know, it's like hard to remember like when were you actually drunk versus when did you think you were drunk? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? I I do know. I know exactly. Can I tell you about the other thing that haunts me from Dare? Yes, please. So in high school, I think I was also in freshman year, they the Dare program presented a woman who came in with her son who was like a quadriplegic and had traumatic brain injury from falling asleep in a drug-induced sleep and choking on his vomit. And she told us all about it in the auditorium very tearfully. And he was just on stage in a vegetative state and we had to look at them. And then we went up and shook her hand after. And a lot of us were crying. And I remember being like, I'm, I don't like this. Yeah. It felt so like, you know. So what, what drug had he been doing when this happened to him? Heroin. Yeah. Which by the way, was not a big problem in Livingston, New Jersey. And that's the thing. Um, I think it's fair to say that people, that this whole idea that it's like a gateway drug and it's like the slippery slope, I don't know if there is a lot to support that. Admittedly, I haven't looked into it. But I also know a lot of people who smoke weed who would never, it, myself among them, who would it would never in a billion years cross my mind to right. do heroin. So from personal experience, I don't really buy that that is. And that's a problem with all of this literature around D.A.R.E. is it's just like, well, drugs were a problem at this high school. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, which drugs? <laughs> like Which cause... drugs and which kids? Because maybe they need individualized social work assistance it depending yeah. on the level of drug that they're using yeah like i under i think you should i think people should always be aware of the uh troubles and issues that come with the misuse of drugs certain drugs but i don't know if it's all i don't know if it's done well by a weird police officer no certainly that police certainly officer not was not effective yeah, well, he I, wasn't. Need, I need to abuse a, a substance after hearing about same basketball i know photography cool um all right so i don't feel well, good about telling that tale well this is disturbing and it's only gonna get worse because <laughs> what i want to talk to next is again something didn't hear about still have no idea i need you to fill me in sex ed yeah <laughs> what goes on there sex ed. so in my school i will say i thought we had a pretty good sex ed program okay and i remember there was only ever one teen pregnancy my whole four years of high school oh that is impressive okay so i think that that's pretty impressive which i think will speak to some of you know probably just the town in general but also the you know curriculum we were taught about condoms. We were taught all contraceptive. They brought them in. They made us write, uh, you know, about STDs, if how you catch them, what you do if you do. Um, they didn't really like drive home. That, I think they said the best way to not get pregnant is probably abstinence, but here's all the other ways you could be safe, which I thought was cool. They put a condom on a, a banana, banana classic. Um, I remember the teacher that taught one of my health class one year, Mr. Myers, also a great uh, old guy. He, as he like was about to do it, he was like, I hate this. 
I think he just was like, I just could see his own life flashing before him. Like I'm now I'm in front of teens putting a condom on a banana. Um, and then we also had to carry around senior year for a month, babies, fake babies attached to a bag of flour. So it was like heavy. And if you left your baby and a, a teacher saw, you would get points off. If you, if it looked unkept and if the bag of flour was broken at any point or you repaired it, you would get points off. Taught you about being a, a good parent. Aww. So everybody had to have a baby. Every senior boy, girl, and, and the like. That's awesome. It was cute. I think that may, I don't know. Do you think that did have an effect? on you yeah I think I well I think I knew I never wanted to be pregnant I was like I don't want any goddamn babies and I was right. a, I did not have sex too young by the time I did I knew to use a condom but yeah I guess I was glad that I learned you know how to use one on a banana like I think it okay. did help I think I was already like my mom taught me you know She's right. wild, but she taught me young enough to like, do yeah, don't get pregnant. Here's the ways to avoid it. But I think the school had an, a very good curriculum, unlike I'm sure schools in the South. Right. Sorry to our Southern listeners. Yeah, I don't feel like I actually did miss anything because at that point I was reading, uh, by the time I was 15, I was really into um, Savage Love, that sex column by Dan Savage. I was, see, the thing is like, I'm that first wave. I was born in 1988. So I'm part of the first wave of people where I had access to the internet. So I was able yeah. to fill in any of those gaps. You were like sex question mark, google.com. Right. Google.com. Um, a friend of ours told me if I may insert this here, you um, Amanda's anecdote. Um, Cause it. I said, she went to public school in Texas, which begs the question, what did you learn in sex ed? <laughs> and um, she said one time, there's a couple anecdotes, both are sad and funny. One time my Sunday school teacher subbed for my high school science class. No. Which is already weird. And told us if we ever had an abortion, the doctors throw the baby away down the drain. Okay, that would have no effect cool. on me if I was a teen who wanted an abortion. Yeah, I'd be like, that's what I hoped would happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want them to keep it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then she said, and the actual teacher for that science class spent 30 minutes telling us we could get pregnant from anal sex, even drawing a diagram where there was a very small <laughs> butthole connecting to your ovaries. I waited till the episode to tell Molly this because I knew she would really laugh. <laughs> a very small butthole connected to the ovaries. See, I never saw that chart. I'll draw one right now. I can imagine <laughs> what it looks like. <laughs> so at least, I mean, it's so funny because if it's almost like the way I think is if I heard that, I'd be so afraid of sex. But really what it is, is teens hear that and they're like, let's just see what's up. If they don't get real information, right. I think they're more likely to experiment and then mishappily get pregnant. I have a theory, and this is not popular, and maybe this is gonna get me in trouble. Ooh, but I've been waiting for you to get canceled. By the way, whatever I, she's about to say, I don't subscribe to. 
I have a theory that like none of this has any impact and people are going to do what they're going to do. I don't actually totally disagree with that. I think it's, well, honey, nature versus nurture. Ever heard of it? Right. Yeah. If it's in your nature to do it, you'll likely, right. And maybe you'll likely do it. But right. I guess if, if, if anyone can have an, if you're, if you have an ability to be influenced not to, then I guess this could help. Yeah, I just think that that has so much more to do with your family and yeah. like with the people you choose to surround yourself with way more than it does anything that you hear in school. I don't know. No one actually believes teachers, do they? I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh. No. I didn't, I didn't believe my teachers, I don't think. No, I will say I did firmly believe because I had a textbook, we're going to get to textbooks in a little bit, but I did have a textbook that was like, evolution isn't real, here's why. And mm. um, I remember like a lot of their argument was like, uh, missing link, more like your theory is bad. They haven't found the missing link between um, what, what was he, not Neanderthals, but Homo erectus and humans because, mm. uh, spoiler alert, there isn't one. Um, <laughs> and then they also, I just remember them spending a lot of time on the idea of like, the human eye is so complicated, it couldn't have just evolved. Oh, I love that theory of complicated things. The things that, it, you couldn't make an eyeball, so, you know. So how, yeah, I, lo I, I, I love that. <laughs> I feel so sick. I'm going to make you a little bit sicker. I want to wrap this section up <laughs> with, do you remember hearing about the pregnancy pact? Yeah, I do. What do you remember about it? I, I remember just teen girls all wanting to have babies at the same time, tried to get knocked up. Or is that from Law & Order SVU? Aha. So, no. Well, maybe. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. They, yeah. you know. That's they definitely are, on Law & Order SVU. Yeah. They, they wouldn't <laughs> My favorite like that. Show get away from them. They wouldn't let that headline escape. But um, but it was also a Lifetime movie called The Pregnancy oh. Pact. It was really bad reviews. I did not watch it. But if someone has seen it, let me know how, um, if you would recommend it. How did it turn out? Um, so this is in 2008. It was the Gloucester Pregnancy Pact. Mm. This came, the story came out of Massachusetts, uh, where basically, uh, I think it was was it a private school? I'm not sure, but it was a school where there was this plan to distribute contraception to the students, and the parents were uh, mad about this. So the principal said, well, whoa, why is everybody so upset? Um, there's a pregnancy pact at the school. Like, there are girls who um, are planning to, like, have babies at the same time and then raise them together. Um, so he told this to, in, in like Time Magazine. Um, then later, all girls, and I read interviews with girls who were pregnant in that high school at that time. And there were a lot of pregnancies that year. Right. Like, uh, seven or eight sophomore girls had gotten pregnant. Um, and he, uh, so the girls later said there was no pregnancy pact like it happened the way it usually happens mm -hmm. we just didn't have a plan and uh, it was the absence of a plan it was not the existence of a plan that led to these pregnancies and there you go. Uh, then later people went back to the principal and said where did you get this idea that there was a pregnancy pact and he was like oh i don't remember 
So it's like made up. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. He needed a reason to give out contraception. And so he said, oh, there's a pregnancy fact. <laughs> okay. So just don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe anything. I also, uh, I Googled those, speaking on things, that, on the topic of things you shouldn't believe, um, <laughs> there was this, uh, I remember those sex bracelets where they were yeah. like little jelly bracelets. Were those at your school? Yeah, but I don't think anyone wore them for sex. No. Okay, so that's what the Snopes article said, where there was this email circulating among parents at that time when we were in high school that was like, kids are wearing these bracelets, and when girls wear them, it's an indication of what sex act they're wearing. Yeah, I remember that being a, a not real thing. And if a boy breaks one, she'll yes. do it. And yes. Snopes was like, hmm, think it through. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why would a teenage girl put herself up for that kind of trauma? Auction, then, like, yeah. By the end of the day, all of her bracelets are going to be broken. <laughs> does not want anything to do with. Yeah. Clearly, that's not true. So it was one of those Snopes articles where it's like, they're, they can't say conclusively that this never happened anywhere. But there is no evidence to support that this was a real thing. And it was just like one of those like, Fox 5, News at 10, are your kids uh, yep. have color-coded bracelets about... Because, like, color-coded bracelets were, like, fun. I remember, like, the color rubber bands. And then it's, like, you know, parents have to find a way to be, like, it's weird. Parents have to find a way to complain about your bracelets. Yeah. It felt like more of just, like, a, what scene kids and emo kids wore. Yeah. More than sex kids. Yeah. Um... So teachers sleeping with students is a shockingly prevalent thing. Like there's a new crop every year. Uh, Barstool Sports, which is not a good outlet. It's very bro-y and obnoxious. Yeah. And they always do this line, or uh, say always do. I know if, at least 2018 and 2019, one of the columnists there did like a lineup where he's like, here are the hottest female teachers who had sex with their students. Um, and uh, there's a great episode of Ellie Not So Confidential. They did a crossover with Getting Off podcast, which is a uh, legally, it's sort of, it's like Ellie Not So Confidential, but legally uh, based um, about legal topics. And they did a great crossover episode about Mary Kay Letourneau. Do you remember her? The name is really familiar. She had sex with her student who I think was 12 or 13. Like, a boy, right? Outrageously young, yeah. And so she... Is oh, yeah, they parodied that relationship on 30 Rock. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Um, so she, he was, like, disgustingly young, and she got a ridiculously light sentence. And then, uh, and then even after that, she still violated the terms of that agreement by having sex with him again. Uh, she went to jail. They ended up having two kids and were married for a period of time. I don't know exactly the details. She died recently. So he's at last free of this horrendous predator who, yes, was an attractive woman. It means nothing. Barstool Sports really needs to get get with the times. It's still growing. Yeah. People, I mean, it's, and we don't have to dive into this, but it's the same thing as fucking the women that love handsome serial killers. It's like, right. shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. They're harmful people, even if they're hot. And honestly, they're not. 
You know what's hot? <laughs> Treating people with respect and not killing or raping them. Wow, Katie, you should you should teach dare or I don't know whatever class that they teach you to. I'd say dare to through. try. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, my mom told a story uh, to me when I told her that we were doing this episode. She told a story about a teacher at not her high school. Um, a teacher at a school somewhere when she was in mm -hmm. high school. Um, I think it was my, my aunt's high school actually, where a teacher slept with a student and then he blackmailed her. <gasps> and so she turned herself in and said, oh. sorry. And then because it was the seventies, they were like, you know, like, well, at least you get, told out the truth. get out of here. Yeah. You crazy. Um, and then just sort of moved on and she probably teaches still. She teaches to this day. There was, um, not so in our high school. I don't know if anyone slept with anyone, but I will tell you the scene that I saw. I had a history class with a teacher that will remain nameless, and she was young and again, sure, attractive in whatever whatever teachers look like. She looked like that, and there was a very ugly boy, big, ugly guy. Sorry to say, I'm not sorry to say. I think he was kind of a tool, who <laughs> was in my class. And then one day, the door rips open in huffs. A senior girl, I'm a junior, a senior girl, I can picture her right now, hair up, glasses, Uggs, leggings. And she, in the middle of class, starts yelling at the teacher to see her phone, points to the big ugly guy, her boyfriend, and says, stop fucking texting my boyfriend. Show your class that you're texting my fucking boyfriend. This is New Jersey. New Jersey, 2000, the year is 2006. <laughs> and she's like, you're texting my fucking boyfriend. You're disgusting. You're disgusting. And the teacher has to physically push her out of the classroom and call the principal and I think maybe the school security. See, it's this kind of thing that I'm so angry I didn't get to yeah. witness. That was fun, fun drama. Well, Does it also seem like they probably, if I had to guess, they were not boning. I, I would imagine they weren't, but I, it is probably inappropriate to text a student. Yeah. I'll uh, go, I'll say that. Uh, yeah, what could Allegedly you text. Um, <laughs> uh, you, so what, so after that incident, did she just go back to teaching? I don't remember what happened that day, but yeah, later in, I mean, she, or that class, but she was, she never left. She was just like, okay. so whatever was accused was therefore maybe unfounded or not deemed bad enough. Okay. Allegedly. Wow. Amazing. And disturbing. Um, you have indeed baby. proved to be the treasure trove that I hoped you would be. I have gone to the depths of my little brain for you, and I can't wait to forget this all yeah. once I spit it all out. So uh, we touched on this briefly, uh, but I wanted to talk about some of the uh, curriculum problems that people run into mm -hmm. uh, in school. Did you say that Ian had a story about this? Yeah, so our friend Ian from Texas... Um, when I asked if there was anything glaring that they that he remembers that like textbook or curriculum wise being in public school in Texas and he said the only thing I can really think of right now um, is that other states don't require you to take a state specific history course 
which is true. Yes, I've heard like that New Jersey that. doesn't take the state of New Jersey no. course, which I'd love to do, by the way. Um, but I, I guess oh, Texas yeah. does. Yeah, New York and New Jersey would actually be, I would take that class tomorrow. Wouldn't that be just more interesting? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, Texas thinks really highly of itself. Apparently. Frankly, that's one of the things that drove me away, and I can't <laughs> believe you're willing to... And yet pushes me back somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you have a kid in Texas, they're going to have to have a whole, what, like nine months of their life, life learning about... What, Buffalo? I'm what do they even ugh. talk about? I'm um, sending them to some Montessori school. Okay, well, I don't think Montessori goes up through, goes past eighth grade, but neither And really neither do my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Their education the stops there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, my favorite story, I don't know if this counts as a curriculum, but you told me that your school had a little Ellis Island day. We had Ellis Island Day. And how uh, I guess I was in, I was definitely in elementary school. I'm going to say fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. Andrew thinks it was fourth, so I, I he might be right, because he remembered this repressed memory before I did. Um, <laughs> and like, I guess it haunted him too. So basically, before the day of Ellis Island Day, which was a whole day dedicated to it, and I'm remembering now too, you had to bring a cooked dish in that was based on the assigned ethnicity you were given oh. so if you were given Italian like I was you had to bring in I, I don't remember but we probably made lasagna or something so when they assigned you ethnicities they tried to pick like what your you looked or were like so I got Italian Andrew was like an Irish stowaway <laughs> um and then you were assigned like a job I was like a a maid like a house cleaner which is okay and then how many kids and stuff and some people had zero and I had like six kids <laughs> I had to bring lasagna in and I had to be dressed like an like and they give your age like an old Italian woman so you had a you brought a mop with you I brought a mop because I had to clean and I wore I tried to find a picture of it. I was just looking at my phone asking if I, well, I asked my grandma if she that. had it your six kids uh, can make a mess of the lasagna, probably. My six kids, and I remember wearing like a head scarf. I was like, Grandma, you must dress me up like an old Italian woman. And she was like, I have just the things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she gave you what your great grandmother wore. Probably when she. On the boats. On the boats. Oh. Well, this, um, and then I remember, okay, there's one other point I want to make about this. You told me that, so you, we were having a laugh about this and we were mm -hmm. among friends and mm -hmm. one, uh, a woman we were with, Helen, I think I can say her name. She'd love to do In a class, uh, that she remembers being divided into Aryans and non-Aryans. Mm -hmm. To make and a point of, I guess, like how many... Jews died during the Holocaust right. and they separated her into the Aryan side. She's a Jewish woman, obviously taking offense to having to stand on enemy lines. And I just don't hear it. Hear me out. I don't think you should divide classes of children up by. No, <laughs> leave kids, know. leave kids out of it is what I want to say. And yet, and yet public schools find a way to really bring us in. 
yeah, they're like, we're worried that there's not enough racial discord being sown. So we're just yeah. <laughs> hammer it home. Um, yeah, okay, so that's all fascinating. I'm glad you brought up Italians because the next thing I want to talk about is Columbus. Um, sure. There was a, uh, a, a, a seminal book on the topic of things in American textbooks. I think it's focused primarily on American textbooks. Um, yeah, no, it definitely is. Called Lies My Teacher Told Me by James Lowen. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, in this book, it came out, I believe, uh, in 2008. Um, and there are two, I haven't read the book, but I understand that there are two uh, things that he really uh, hits on in terms of what American textbooks get wrong or maybe it's it's more than two things anyway one of the things is columbus yeah. and how in do you remember learning about columbus like what i do remember learning about columbus and i as an italian i do not claim him at all um you yeah. don't have to yeah because uh here's a little history nugget uh italy didn't exist when there you go. he was doing that, right? It didn't become a full country. So he was from Genoa. Right. So you're not Genoese. Right? No, God, I don't think. Um, I remember learning, well, I, the overall feel of that I remember learning is that he was some big hero, right. nice guy, Thanksgiving oh, vibes. <laughs> like that was the um, feeling. That would not have been him. But that that's what they sort of framed was how welcomed he was at, by the native people um and that he was an all-around a-okay i think that he was um welcomed by the native people but he wore out that welcome right they don't mention that part <laughs> yeah um another it's thing three pages and it's a hundred blank pages and then school were like what 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 <laughs> right so something that uh, Lies My Teacher told me uh, points out is that um, they make it sound like natives were just really impressed by Columbus and they were wowed by all his stuff. When really, uh, when Europeans came to the New World, they had to rely on indigenous people to give them a clue about how to farm. They had no sure. idea how to. So it was a lot more give and take. Um, I uh find it really funny and interesting that columbus never from what i understand he never thought that he was in the new world he didn't call it the new world he said i'm in asia probably yeah. i can't find where i read this but i know that i've read somewhere before that he um <laughs> that one of his uh peep one of his underlings said uh hey this doesn't look like africa or asia uh, and he was like, if you say that again, I'm going to cut your tongue out. And he was like, you know what? Maybe this is, he was in Hispaniola, which is um, today, uh, it's part of the greater Antilles, which is like around like uh, Haiti, that area, mm. Haiti, Cuba. So they were hanging out around there. They, um, yeah. So um, that is Columbus. <laughs> Remember the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria? The Santa Maria. <laughs> Those My grandma used to like, for some reason, and she also, I don't think, is like a Columbus fan, but she would quiz me randomly at a very young age and be like, what are the three ships? And I was like, in the middle of dinner, right. I was like, ah, yeah. Nina, Pinta, Santa Maria. 
it's really funny like what we uh glom onto is thinking like this is really important and and i wish i didn't know (laughs) yeah i wish i had room for other stuff like taxes i mean it it rhymes that is something that i feel i think we can all agree that schools do such a bad job at like explaining anything about like civic duty literally nothing Oh, that is, uh, speaking of like spending all the time on Texas, I think it's such bullshit that you spend a year on American history and they don't tell you anything about taxes or how to vote. It's all just like, oh, George Washington, oh, the Civil War. And uh, then it's like, or I don't know what it was for you, but for me, it was like British history was another year and then world history was, so it's like British world and then America, which is 300 years. Like it's right. just, and a point that lies my teacher told me makes and really drives home is that Americans have such a bad and like high school students then and I would assume still today have such a bad grasp on the Vietnam War in particular and I remember like every history class I've ever taken that deals with American history gets to World War II and it's like World War II we were great and then and then you know whatever fast forward to now and like something happens yeah, and they just don't get into it at all. So do you remember covering Vietnam at all? I am going to admit an embarrassing thing, and it's only embarrassing because I remember nothing. Um, I took a whole, we, we, they offered an entire semester of a Vietnam class, and oh. I took it, and I took it, and I, not, I can't recall much. I mean, I'm sure I know some stuff, maybe, but right. yeah, I, don't, I, I took the class. And I remember my mom being like, it's cool, they offer this. It was like, it was like an elective. I'm beginning to grasp that your school was um, ahead of the curve in some way. Because they should... I think it's like the top school in New Jersey to this day. If there's anything that's worth... Because like Vietnam lays the groundwork for so much of the news today and our constant you know, involvement in uh, dramas that have nothing to do with us. When I say dramas, I mean wars. Dramas. Um, But yeah, so I did a little refresher on Vietnam. So for those of you listening, if you didn't cover Vietnam, I think that the big takeaways that people need to have in their little brains is that basically it was, uh, Vietnam was dealing with French colonial powers uh, from the 19th century. And they were sick of it at a certain point. And a revolutionary by the name of Ho Chi Minh started the Vietnamese uh, Communist Party. And then he, uh, and then in the 1940s, that all got cooking. And uh, by the uh, 50s and 60s, we were, the US was embroiled in the Cold War. And the really popular idea was that at the time, uh, was that if Vietnam fell to communism, then uh, if North Vietnam, they had separated into North and South Vietnam, and if communist Northern Vietnam took over Southern Vietnam, then it would be, uh, then the surrounding countries would also fall to the communist mm. powers. And the U.S. Uh, Secretary of um, State Right, U.S. Secretary of State Robert McNamara. I knew I was gonna fuck McNamara. McNamara, thank you. I need you to say that from now on. Um, (laughs) He was the one who uh, he was really like pushing this idea that like we've got to go. And since then, and this I had no idea until I looked this up for this podcast. 
Um, he has said in numerous interviews since then that he, um, he said, I think in, in the fog of war an Oscar winning documentary by Errol Morris, he said, I'm very sorry that in the process of accomplish things, accomplishing things, I've made errors. And so, yeah, he did kind of a mea culpa thing mm -hmm. after. Um, there's a great opinion piece in the New York Times that, um, that I read in 1995 that said, surely he must in every quiet and prosperous moment hear the ceaseless whispers of those poor boys in the infantry dying in the tall grass, platoon pl by platoon for no purpose. Damn. And I think that we all just need to really those of us who went to public school in America and didn't get to go to Livingston High School, New Jersey, the greatest school that ever was, mm -hmm. um, we need to watch the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary, really soak up Vietnam. Because like I said, yeah. so much of like, we're still dealing with repercussions today. I went to Long Island this summer and I saw all these uh, prisoner of war MIA flags like on people's houses. Mm -hmm. Long Island that took they it. haven't forgotten yeah and there were people who like brought their giant uh prisoner of war flag to the beach wow they don't they don't take a day off from thinking they shouldn't that. no um 58,000 Americans died give or take uh, oh shit and but three million Vietnamese military and civilian yes three million and that's mostly men, but it was a lot of women and children also. Jesus Christ. Do you hear that like dreamlike music around us? It's playing in my home. Okay. I feel like it's I'm being laid off the stage. I know, I'm sorry. It's to <laughs> subdue my dog. <laughs> Does it work? He's passed out. Okay, well he's obsessed. Can't, can't argue with results. You can't argue with science unless you're a school in Texas. So if you're listening to this in school at detention start a podcast now now <laughs> before it's too late well we still have the internet good night and good luck uh uh school's out right school's out. They ding. School's out. and they play the bell right ding ding they don't say school's out well how do you know school's over the bell <laughs> the bell the bell do an impression of the bell I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, school's over. Goodbye. <laughs>